What if I told you that one of the greatest advice books of all time was actually written thousands of years ago? Today, my co-host and I are going to show you why it is the Bible. Welcome to That's So Practical Podcast. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this first episode of That's So Practical, the That's So Practical podcast. My name is CJ Lingle, and I will be your host for this journey. The aim of this podcast is to help our generation and some of the other generations coming up into adulthood navigate difficult life situations, whether that's with finances, relationships, or even with God, your walk with God. Um, So today, my co-host is my little brother, my youngest brother, Ben. Ben, how's it going? Good. Good to be here. Glad to be on your first episode of this new podcast. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm so glad. Uh, What's great about this, guys, is that Ben and I just live literally a town apart. So it makes it very easy for us to just get together and do this. So this is awesome. So today's episode, being the first one, is going to be a bit of what they call a preliminary. This is going to kind of set the stage for what the whole show is mainly about. And that is that we are going to offer practical advice to you, our listener, who is of the younger generation, uh, whether that's Gen Z or even the younger millennials, we're going to help you navigate those difficult life situations with advice from the Bible, from a biblical perspective. So Ben, I thought it would be really good for us to start off with kind of a brief introduction to the Bible. What is the Bible? How did we get the Bible? So let's start there. So where did we get the Bible? How did it come about? Well, historically, the Bible is uh, considered the inspired word of God. Uh, God inspired various writers, various prophets over the years. They're talking about people like Isaiah and Daniel and John. And then, of course, you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who all get different accounts, not only of the Gospel itself, Right. So the good news that Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah came and he died and he resurrected and he rose again and basically accomplished his mission on this earth. Uh, But, you know, you have have, you know, those type of details. But also uh, the Bible is uh, in many ways a book of history as well. Um, It gives historical accounts of various situations back back then of, you know, we're talking about things like. Noah's Ark, for example, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of times evolutionists or people who do not subscribe to a biblical worldview will try to, you know, discount or whatever, but, um, various other things, creation, uh, we're also talking about Jewish history. A lot of things that happen, uh, within, uh, the Jewish history and, and all of those type of details. So yeah, the Bible, the Bible is just something that kind of came out of, uh, years of writing that now is considered, uh, and in many ways has always been considered the inspired word of God. Um, and primarily, uh, Christians are the ones who consider it, you know, consider it that, but 
Yeah, that's really that's a good point. Um, the only thing I would add to that is the fascinating thing about the Bible itself is that it is written by 40 different authors, like you mentioned, Isaiah, Daniel, and so on, over a 1,500-year period. So from the early Bronze Age to the mostly to the first century, a lot of this stuff was recorded. A lot of it was passed down through word of mouth and such. So it's it's a very interesting document because originally the Old Testament is what we call um, the Tanakh, uh, which is the Jewish uh, Bible. You know, it was it was the main guiding. Uh, bit of scripture for the Jewish nation. It contained, as you said, history, has stories. It even has guidance, advice. And that's a very important thing for us to realize is that um, there are these, these sets of books called wisdom books, wisdom literature, which comprises, some would say, um, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And a lot of that stuff, you know, it, it's written over 2000 years ago. It's like, how can this be, you know, how can this be relevant to us? But when you learn, when you really look at it, it's amazing how, how relevant it is today. It talks about relationships. It talks about, uh, it talks about finances. It talks about even, you know, walking with God and how we have a relationship with him. And so I think the thing that we need to do on this first episode is talk about those things. So if you've seen the if you've seen the podcast art for this for this show, you'll notice at the bottom you'll see these three icons. You'll see money, you'll see the Bible, and you'll also see hearts, which uh, signify love or relationships or something. So these are three areas that we are, are going to look at, but we're going to cover a lot of other other things in this podcast because that's not just the main areas that a lot of us struggle in. So for the first area, we're gonna actually going to, I'm going to talk about finances. Now we're going to go into a deeper dive, um, a deeper, longer episode on finances. So stay tuned with that. Uh, stay tuned for that because Ben is going to be coming back on that episode as well. But Let's give some examples of what scripture talks about. So when scripture talks about finances, it talks about uh, money, wealth, greed, and generosity. Um, some examples are uh, Deuteronomy 8.18, where the Bible says that God is the one that gives us the ability to produce wealth. It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Now, obviously, this verse was directed at the Israelites. Deuteronomy was written by Moses. Uh, traditionally, that's what we believe here at the podcast, and that's what a lot of Christians and Jews believe as well. But the 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 principle that you can pull out of the scripture is that God is the one that helps us have money. And in particular, wealth. If you are wanting to have a, for lack of a better term, comfortable life, and you want to make sure that your children are taken care of, God is the one that will help you with that. Now, uh, Ben, what what does the Bible say about greed? 
because I think a lot of us, especially in this modern age, especially with a lot of what's going on in our government here in America and in uh, corporations around the world, a lot of us talk about greed and the influence of money. So what is what is a verse that maybe uh, talks about greed? What can what can you say about that? Oh, uh, well, there's a great verse in first Peter chapter five, and it's the second verse there. And this is what it says. It says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be not greedy for money, but eager to serve. So basically <clears throat> what we're seeing here is that in this verse in particular is that it says at the very end, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. In other words, you know, a lot of times in this culture, we can call it hustle culture or whatever we want to call it, where, you know, basically there's the only, the only concern for most people is to make money and and that's it. They live to make money. And so that's kind of, kind of what this is alluding to in a way is that, you know, we're so encapsulated encapsulated by this idea of of making money, earning money, getting money, spending money, that we lose the focus of as Christians what we should be doing, and that's serving. Now, that's not to say it's bad to make money. That's not to say it's bad to have a side hustle or something that maybe brings in a little bit more income, because God also expects us to take care of our families as well. And in order to do that, you have to have money. But there's a difference between the intention of going out there and making money uh, for to provide for your family and then going out there to make money just to make you more rich and to to allow you to, you know, have all the money in the world, sort of speak it and, and do whatever you want with it. Um, there is that fine line as far as, you know, yes, it's okay to get things you want. It's okay to want things and to buy things and all that. But that's not the issue we're talking about. What we're talking about is greed. And greed is oftentimes, in a, in a way, rooted in evil because a lot of people who are greedy will do anything for money. Mm-hmm. And when that attitude is put in place, that could seriously become a ethical issue, you know, as time goes on, depending on how you're getting your money. Um, it could be hurting people whether that's financially or physically or, or spiritually. So greed is definitely something we want to avoid uh, in our finances. Um, but as you said, we're going we're gonna to dig a little deeper probably into that whole thing coming up in, in another episode. So when, when you talk about that, that really reminds me of uh, 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, where it says, godliness with contentment is great gain. And in that chapter... Paul gives Timothy some advice on how to deal with uh, rich people in the world and then also rich people in the church and how greed is the complete opposite of what God intends for us. Um, So yeah, like you said, we're going to talk about this more. We don't want this episode to be just focusing on one topic. We're just trying to give some kind of give some ideas on what we're trying to say here. Um, Last thing that we'll say about financing as, as, as a way to show that the Bible can be trusted and also the Bible can be reliable as a, as a source of, of advice, um, is planning ahead. The Bible talks about planning ahead, talks about being wise with your money. Um, an example, and just for, just for clarification, folks, just for being, being open and transparent, 
Um, none of these verses are from the top of our head. I did research um, to help us find these verses and stuff. So um, don't think that just because we're talking on a fancy microphone that we have a podcast that we know all this scripture. Um, but there are great people out there who compile scripture for us, for the church, so that we can know what the Bible says about these things. But back to planning ahead. Uh, Proverbs, great book of advice. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16 says, A wise man thinks ahead. A fool, which the Proverbs always talks about fools, a fool doesn't and even brags about it. And so from this, we know that if you are wise, you're planning ahead. But if you're a fool, you're not. You are looking at what you have and you're spending what you have constantly in in this day and age. Some people do it um, for, for many reasons. In some cases, it is a form of self-sabotage. Some of us have low, low views of ourselves. And so what do we do? We use our money to try to cope with that. And that tends to put us in a hole. Um, another great verse on playing ahead is Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5, which says the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste. That's a really, that's a really big thing right there. As haste leads to poverty. So the idea of the plans of the diligent, the people who keep going, who work hard, lead to profit, lead to increase. Now we're not talking about wealth or well, we are, but we're not talking about greed. These are people who are mindful of their own money. They're not, they're not um, obsessed with it. They don't love it. You know, the Bible says that that the love of money is the root of all evil or a root, depending on the translation you're reading. Um, but those who are hasty to get money, those who are quick to get money, who are desirous, who lust after money, who are covetousness, or sorry, who are covetous for money, um, that leads to poverty because they're making really bad decisions. They're doing really stupid things with their life and they are putting themselves in the hole. Do you have anything else you want to say about that, Ben? Just real quick before we move on. Uh, concerning planning, uh, I would just say, I don't want to get too much into this cause we'll talk about this. Like we said in another episode as well, but what I will say is that, <clears throat> yes, um, you know, a lot of people, even people who are, I would say financially tight, who perhaps have debt or have, um, maybe some, something that is causing them or keeping them from saving a ton of money could still save money. And really, a lot of times what it comes down to for our personal finances is looking at what we're spending. Uh, and part of that is making a budget. And we're going to talk about that a, a little a little later in a different episode. But um, but looking at your budget, looking at what's actually going out with the cash flow, what's coming in, what's going out. And then analyzing that and saying, okay, what can we cut here that's not necessary? You know, maybe that's, maybe you eat out twice a week and that's costing you 50 bucks, 50 bucks a week. Well, by the end of the month, you've spent $200 on eating out. Well, can we cut it down maybe to eating out once a week? Or maybe can we cut out to eat, cut out eating out entirely for a year until we could get a nice savings under our belt? Because guess what? You take that $200, you save it for a year. Now you have $1,200 in your savings. And some people are going to say, well, $1,200 in this economy is not a lot of money. And in a way that's true, but hey, that's $1,200 you have that if, your car breaks down or there's a medical emergency or whatever, or you lose your job, you have kind of a cushion to, uh, to kind of fall onto. So, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a different episode, 
But yeah, so a lot of times just planning is a very important aspect of personal finance. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into that. Yeah. And again, like I said, the Bible is a book of advice. You know, it's not, that's not the main, that's not the main purpose of the Bible. The Bible is to reveal to us who God is, who Jesus is and how to, how to get to know them, how to be saved and, and such. The Bible is a continuous story pointing to God, God and his dealings with men and how, how he plans to save them. But as we saw in this, in this, this first topic, finances, there's so much that can be said about finances. Now let's move on to relationships. Now, relationships, when I talk about relationships, I am talking about marriage. I am talking about dating or those who are entering romantic relationships. Um, I'm also mentioning, I would also mention single people. Um, because even though you're not in a romantic relationship in that, in that moment, you know, it, it's very helpful for us to kind of see, Hey, what does the Bible say for, for single people? Um, I'm single, uh, personally, my brother is married. So we come from different perspectives. Uh, we have, we have different experiences now. Um, you know, he and I have been single pretty much all our, all of our lives. He's only been married for almost two years now. So it's, it's still, it's still, his singleness is still somewhat fresh, but it's also, you have the marriage. So I'm going to throw this to you, Ben, since you're the married guy. Um, looking at the list that we have there of the scriptures, um, what does, what is one bit of advice that you could say the Bible gives to husbands and wives? Well, one of the scriptures that you actually put down, uh, which is a pretty general one, but I'll go ahead and read it. Most people are going to know it or to, to the effect of it. It says, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. The Bible also says for the husband to love, love his wife as Christ loves the church. Um, and what does that look like? You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. And I'm still learning some of these aspects of marriage myself, obviously it's only been almost about two years now that we've been married, but you know, one of the things I think that becomes very real is that when you have two different people that come together as one, one unit, so to speak, um, obviously you're going to be having some arguments. You're going to be having some disagreements. You're going to be having some agreements. You're going to be having some, you, you know, you're going to have various aspects to your relationship. Um, and I would say for a lot of people who think dating, you know, I've heard the, I heard the term, I have to test drive the car before I buy it. Right. I, I find that to be kind of a silly term because the thing is when you're dating, for example, before you get married, you know, unless you, you know, unless you don't live by a, a biblical, uh, world worldview, you know, generally speaking, a boyfriend and girlfriend don't have combined finances. They don't generally live in the same household. I, I know a lot of people, uh, do that now, obviously boyfriend and girlfriends are moving in together, which in my opinion is not a good thing. And I don't know, maybe there's, there'll be an episode that you'll be talking about that, uh, with maybe another guest or whatever. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things you know, that before you're married are different. And a lot of people will say, oh, you know, it's great. You know, uh, we have such great chemistry and, and, you know, all this, all this and that. And, and don't get me wrong. That's, that's important stuff to keep in mind when you're dating. 
Um, but when you, when you get married, things change, things happen. Uh, the dynamic of the relationship is a little bit different. Um, you know, thinking about stuff like (laughs) simple stuff like cleaning the house, for example, you know, my wife is very adamant about keeping the house clean, which is a good thing, uh, which is a good thing. But, you know, as a guy, when I was living with our parents, that wasn't something I thought about all the time. That wasn't something I like prioritized, you know, I'm going to come home and do the dishes, you know, but now that's, um, that's an aspect of our relationship that, uh, I have to keep in mind and I have to do my best to, um, help her take care of the house. Um, so as basically what I'm saying is, things change, things happen. Um, so for, I would say for dating couples, I would say just some general advice is, you know, yes, the whole idea of quote unquote testing the car before buying it is partially true, but it's not completely true. The dynamics of your relationship will change. It doesn't mean that the, the happiness of your relationship will change. It's just, there's going to be aspects in your relationship that are going to change, especially when you move towards marriage. And so, um, that's something to keep in mind, um, culturally as we, as we talk about this is that, you know, God wants us all to be happy. He wants us to take care of our wives as husbands and God expects wives to love, love their husbands, you know? And so because, because God knows God made us different. God knows the differences and what men need and what women need. You know, a women or women tend to lean more towards the emotional side of things. They want the love. They want the hugs. They want the, you know, all those type of things. Men tend to lean towards more of the respect. They want to be acknowledged as the head of the household or, you know, those type of aspects. So, um, God put in the word things that we can glean insight from to help us in our both married relationships as well as our you know dating relationships and in our singleness yeah that's great yeah like you said guys we are gonna we're gonna touch on a lot of these um we're gonna touch on a lot of these topics more in depth um but ben's already ben's already as as the kids say i'm I say that because I'm 27, almost 28, so I'm almost 30, so I feel old. But, <laughs> um, but as the kids say, Ben is spitting fire. He's giving some uh, very wise advice. All right, so we're gonna continue on with with relationships. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of jump through these a little bit, just because um, I don't want us to get bogged down in in just focusing on one, because we're gonna get we're gonna get to some other things uh, very quickly. So. Um, Let's get to, I'm going to talk about just mentioning briefly, uh, been talking about dating couples. The Bible says, and this is very important. Um, when you are dating somebody, you have to make sure that you guys are on the same page spiritually. Um, if you are not, then you're going to have problems. Um, so for example, uh, it would be hard for me to date. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this straight up. Okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be real with you guys. Cause this is just going to make a lot more sense. I'm a seventh day Adventist. My brother's a Seventh-day Adventist. We are a part of this church. Um, if you have questions about that, we can help you explore that. But that's not that's not the main focus of this podcast, whether or not we're Adventist or whatever. Um, but for me, it would be very hard for me to date someone from a different church because of our differences. If you know anything about the church that we go to, um, that we're a part of the denomination, uh, we worship on, on Saturday instead of Sunday. 
Um, we believe in different things. Like we believe that when you die, you don't go straight to heaven. Um, we believe that the, the, the wicked dead are not in hell right now, that they will be thrown into the lake of fire at the, at the end of time and so on. And so these are very, these are very specific ideas for us. There are other, uh, there are other Christians in other churches that also, uh, claim these ideas. There's Seventh-day Baptists who also believe, uh, very similar things to us. Um, but it would be really hard for me to date a Baptist or to date a Presbyterian, or obviously, if you also know anything about our church, a Catholic. I'll just leave it at that. So, so for people who are entering relationships, uh, this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. This is really good, and this is mainly talking about um, unions between unbelievers. And in some cases, this could be a business partnership or a romantic relationship. He says, do not be equally unyoked, Sorry, he says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership can righteousness have with wickedness, or what fellowship does light have with darkness? So, obviously, the context here is that Paul is saying unbelievers. But I do believe that, that the principle can also apply to people who have very differing beliefs, because when you get married, you have to learn how or what you're going to teach your child to believe, right? So, obviously, Christian, atheist, going to be very hard. Because you're going to have an atheist who doesn't believe in God. You're a Christian. You believe in God. That's just going to cause a lot of turmoil and confusion. If you're a Christian, you're going to agree on the essentials, but you may also disagree on the non-essentials. So which day to go to church on, or also um, what happens when you die, and is grandma in heaven right now, or is she just sleeping? So, And now also for uh, my single friends, my homies, the people who I... I uh, relate to more because I am single. Um, the Bible offers, I think, a lot of really good, I would say, general advice. Because sometimes your singleness can be a time of confusion. And really, God wants us as single young adults, as Christians, to use that time for Him. Doesn't mean that you can't go out and try to find somebody um, get to know somebody and so on. But as you're growing, as you are maturing, God wants you to seek him. So good example, Isaiah 30, uh, 30 verse 18 says, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show you mercy for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So that's talking about waiting on him. Um, that's talking about trusting him. Um, when you wait upon the Lord, you're not waiting sitting down on your butt saying like, well, the Lord's going to do something for me. I just got to wait. No, waiting is you doing something. And this is the something that you should do. Isaiah 55 verse six says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That's getting your mind focused on God. That's spending your time with God. And Paul also gives some, some pretty good advice uh, in first Corinthians chapter 7 verse 32 to 34. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a it's a lengthy passage, but basically Paul talks about that those who are unmarried have the ability to focus on God, whereas those who are married have to focus on their spouses and their families. Now, not to say that that's a bad thing, but Paul's saying while you're single, focus on God. He he actually desires that a lot of people would be like him, but he also recognizes that a lot of us just don't have the gift as they call it of singleness. And then the last category I want to talk about um, in terms of relationships, I'm just going to go through this one really quick too, Ben. Um, friendships. Because 
friendships are also very important in, in life, in relationships. Um, especially for single people, having good solid friends is going to help mitigate a lot of that loneliness. Um, so a good example of how to be a friend and who to talk to and who to interact with. Um, first Thessalonians five eleven says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Um, so the Thessalonians were beloved by Paul. Paul knew that these guys were doing great things for the Lord. They had great faith. And so he was just encouraging them. And this is important for us as friends that we encourage one another and build each other up. We don't tear each other down. We don't say demeaning things. You know, we may joke with each other, but sometimes our jokes hurt each other. So we've got to be very careful. Um, Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So we also have to be mindful of who we're with, who we're hanging out with, um, because you may have friends that you really love, but they're a bad influence on you. Even as an adult, you can be influenced by your friends. Um, so be wise. Now, the last topic that we're that I want to mention here is walking with God. Um, the walk with God, the relationship with God is probably one of the most important things that a Christian has in their entire life. Marriage, great. Friendships, great. Family, great. But Jesus says that if you love mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me. So our relationship with God is tantamount. It is, it is very important to the walk of a Christian because how else are you going to learn how to treat others? How else are you going to grow in grace and in faith if you're not regularly walking with God? So Ben, from the Bible, what do you see um, the Bible teaching as some, some benefits of walking with God? What, uh, what scriptures do you see there that stand out to you? So I'm thinking of, some stuff here like John fourteen twenty three. This is what it says. And this is Jesus speaking. But anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Father, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And then there's another one, um, James 1, 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So clearly uh, there is benefit to walking with God. Um, and that looks different for every single person on the planet. Um, so I think we need to be careful not to uh, establish um, what it should look like for each and every person. But there, there are attributes that show or, you know, or, or prove, so to speak, that you are indeed doing your best to walk with God and to have a relationship with him. Um, you know, I think in the end, you know, we're going to be saved by our relationship. You know, because we're not going to be saved by keeping the commandments, although that's an important thing to do, but we're not saved by that. You know, we are saved by accepting Jesus into our lives, accepting him as Savior, and walking with him daily. Um, and, the, you know, that comes in various shapes and form, forms, and we don't always see the behind the scenes of a lot of people's godly relationships, although their public life can be a good indicator of what their private relationship is like. Um, but we don't always see the the behind the scenes a lot of times. So I think being aware of that and not judging people uh, about their relationship, if you feel that someone's being led or goes off in the wrong direction, then that's uh, you know where you use your discernment uh, and, and of course, pray about it, but ask God how you can be a light to that person 
if you feel like that person is uh, going astray or, or walking down a path that will lead them to destruction. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, those two verses especially stood out to me. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's good to to obviously walk with God. Uh, there's various benefits to that. Um, and I know each and every one of us can speak about that in our own personal lives. So, yeah. Another benefit that I'm seeing here um, from the list is uh, Psalms 23.3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Um, you know, the benefit, like Ben was saying, um, in that latter half of John 14.23 is that my father will love them and we will come to him and make our home with him. God will guide you. He'll be with you. He will love you. He will protect you. Um, he will teach you these things. You know, like, um, you know, like, don't just merely listen to the word. This, this comes from Jesus's brother, James, not, not James, the brother of John, but James, the brother of Christ, um, who converted long after Christ's death. He did not become a believer until later on. And he became a big part of the church. Uh, he's, he, through his godly wisdom, through the wisdom that he gained from his brother, from Christ, from the father as well, is that, you know, don't listen to the word. Don't just listen to it, do it, you know, and that's a benefit. You learn these things like you were saying. Um, and so maybe we also, and we're going to, we're actually going to do a podcast episode, um, with my good friend, Tom Pike about this, but, um, we're talking about walking. So, uh, what does it look like to walk? Um, Philippians 2, uh, 15 says from, from the apostle Paul, it says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blame, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So those who walk are people who are upright, blameless people who are without moral stain, immoral stains. And then there are promises, uh, when you walk with God, I, I kind of, the benefits, the promises are kind of similar. Um, but one promise, Exodus 33, 14 says, um, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This reminds me of what Jesus said. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He will call upon me. Psalms 91, 50 says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So, guys, what we're saying here is that the Bible, though it was written thousands of years ago, still is very relevant today because of the fact that it still, it still generally speaks to our day-to-day life. But, Ben, what do we do about those things where we have a, we have a specific question for a God? You know, sometimes we don't know what to do. Like, we know that we're not supposed to marry an unbeliever. We know that it is good to avoid bad company. We know we must avoid greed, and and we also need to be generous and kind to others with our money. But what do we do about those very general situations? Um, So, like, asking God for what is his will for us in terms like going, going to a specific college or marriage, like who we marry, or should we be married? Like how, in your own personal walk, how have how have you seen um, God leading you? Like how do you know 
because it's like we can pray for something, but the Bible doesn't say go to this college. The Bible doesn't say marry this person. The Bible never told you to marry your wife. The Bible told you marriage is good, but you never. the Bible never said in this chapter, in this verse, thou shalt marry your wife. So how would how would you say that we we go about doing that? You know, because it's kind of it's 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 really tricky. Well, what I would say is number one is don't stress about stuff. Number one, uh, because we tend to create scenarios in our heads when we're stressing about stuff. Um, and sometimes you can convince yourself that something is not where God is leading you when in reality it is where God is leading you. Uh, but because of your own anxiety, you are, you are basically suppressing that impression. Um, so number one, you have to really, you have to really allow yourself to be open to what God wants you to do. And it may not always look like how you think it will. Uh, now I think some good general advice would be that, uh, if it seems to be something that is not biblically right or strong, then chances are it's probably not God impressing you to do that thing. Um, although there have been some situations where, uh, you know, I've had friends tell me some situations of, of instances and I'm not going to give examples, but seemingly sounds like something that God wouldn't allow them to do, but, or God wouldn't impress them to do. But, um, what happened was God impressed them to do something and what they said or what they did wasn't the point. It wasn't, it wasn't the point. Basically what happened was it was to spawn another conversation or spawn another situation with them uh, that allowed them to be more open to uh, hearing about God or the gospel or whatever. So um, I think, but, but still in general, I would say that you need to test everything by the, by the word of God, the Bible, that's number one or number two rather. But anyway, another thing to keep in mind is don't be afraid to ask specifically for stuff. Uh, I think there's this notion that if we ask specifically for stuff that we are, uh, perhaps being uh, greedy or we are being, you know, maybe, um, I don't know what the proper wording would be, but but basically we're asking for too much maybe or whatever. God knows our hearts about stuff, but it's also nice to pray specifically about the stuff that you want, the things that you need, uh, the situations you need fixed. Um, be specific. I know there was a few instances in my life where I wanted to do something and I was specific and I asked him for signs, specific signs. And he provided every single sign that I asked for specifically. So being specific will be definitely a game changer for a lot of people as well. So th- those are kind of the three general things that I kind of give, I would give a, a advice to people who are asking how do they deal with situations like that. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, definitely that one about whether or not it goes against God's word is a very good one especially in in terms of like relationships um if you obviously see some spiritual red flags with someone that you're in a relationship with chances are that is not god's ordain uh god ordaining that relationship so definitely be mindful of that friends um you know should i buy this thing with my money well first of all do you have the money and second of all does it does it glorify and honor god um or should I say, does, does the Bible kind of prohibit, does the Bible prohibit it? You know, that's, that's something you have to ask in all those things. Um, but as we, 
as we finish off this very first episode, guys, we have been going for a little over a little over 30 something minutes here, which is great. Um you know, the 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 final thought that I would leave with you guys is that the Bible is a trustworthy book. Uh, though it doesn't always speak about our specific situations, it's advice, it's guidance led by the Holy Spirit. Don't don't go about using the Bible as your advice book without also consulting the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit will lead you in the right direction according to the Word. So be mindful of that. But the Bible, we can trust it. Um, you know, don't... I'm trying to think how to word this. Don't take advantage of the Bible. Don't misuse the Bible. Make sure that when you are looking to it for advice, again, pray, talk to the Holy Spirit, but also read everything in context. Make sure that everything you're reading is in context because there are people who will give you biblical advice that is based on out-of-context verses. So be mindful of that as well. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this very first episode. Ben, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, Guys, we are going to do another episode soon with Ben, and we're going to talk about finances. It's going to be great, so definitely stick around for that. But uh, any closing thoughts from you, Ben? Not really. I think it was a good episode, and looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Cool. Short and to the point. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to That's So Practical. Hey, if you found what we said to be practical and helpful, let us know. Um, you know, send us send us an email at that's so practical podcast 2024 at gmail.com. If I am saying that wrong, and if I'm giving the wrong podcast email, I will put the right podcast email in the show notes below. But also, hey, if you enjoy this, make sure as we progress in this podcast journey together, make sure to give us a, a review. Tell us what you think. Um, you know, if you have if you have something to say about this podcast, use that use that review area to to give your advice. You know, say, hey, this is a great podcast, but here's something else I would also say. This is something from my own experience based on on how. Uh, when I was reading the Bible and how the Lord spoke to me through the word, you know, anything like that. But always, guys, we are going to make sure that our our advice is with a biblical backing. You're not going to get anything on here that's not biblical. I'm not going to tell you to do anything that is unbiblical or against your own conscience. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.